0: This is Crowcasts, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcasts, you will hear from our specialists offering insight and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Crowcasts. I'm Jeremy Cooper and I'm both a partner and head of retail here at Crow. Today I'm joined by our partner and head of recovery solutions, Mark Newman. Hello Mark, thanks for joining me. That's fine Jeremy, good to be speaking again. With Now with Christmas only a few weeks away, today we're going to be talking about retail in the lead up to the festive period, looking at what retailers and consumers can be doing now to be prepared, as well as looking at some of the recent breaking news regarding the demise of some major UK retailers due to the ongoing impact of COVID-19. At the moment, we've seen acceleration in the growth of non-store retail since the beginning of the pandemic in March. The latest ONS data for October shows online year-on-year retail sales have grown by 60% and now stand at 28.5% of all retail sales in the UK, which which is quite a staggering um, figure. The impact of this growth in online is countered, obviously, by a decline in the bricks and mortar retail sales that's been exacerbated by the closure of non-essential retail stores during the first and second lockdowns. Coupled with this, we have seen the uncertainty of Brexit and the impact this has had, not just on consumer confidence, but also on supply chains for retailers. Unfortunately, while some retailers have seen a surge in business, as mentioned, it's not been good news for all businesses. You may have heard the recent news regarding Arcadia, who have gone into administration recently. And Mark, I know this is an area of expertise for you. Can you give some more detail around what's happened here and and what businesses such as Arcadia Group are facing now?
0: Yeah, certainly. The situation that we've all faced over the last nine months yeah, has focused on uh, the problems that have been caused by uh, the COVID situation. But the the retail situation has been, been having problems for some time. And so businesses such as Arcadia uh, and also Debenhams this week have gone into liquidation as well. But they had problems before. And so this has brought into sharp focus the problems they were facing, and it's not necessarily evidence
1: of the whole of the high street is falling over. You're right. Retail has been um, suffering over a number of years. and We've seen um, a real change in buying patterns and undoubtedly the online revolution has been happening. And some retailers have really embraced that and have prepared for it and are, and are seeing a massive surge in their online sales whilst their bricks and mortar sales are are down. And others have had structural problems, and Arcadia is certainly one of those, uh, along with Debenhams, where they haven't really kept up with what's going on within their business model. I guess if you're a retailer at the moment and you're struggling with having had your stores closed, maybe you've got supply chain problems, you've got rent that's due to landlords, you've had to furlough staff, and, and things are looking pretty bleak, what advice would you give, Mark, to those retailers? What sort of things could they be doing now to try and make sure that their businesses survive through some form of restructure? The
0: fundamental thing is that if people are facing problems, it's to talk to the people who are the influencers of those problems. And so if you're having problems with or potential problems with rent, so that is something that's just recently been, oh, literally uh, on the 9th of December, that's now been extended, that a landlord can't take any action with regard to recovering rent until 31st of March next year. But it does mean that in due course, the rent will all become due. and So some uh, people will have a year's rent, which potentially could be pursued in April next year. And so waiting till April to have the discussions with the landlord is leaving it late, having discussions before then to explain that we are still trading we'll be trading out of this but we need to discuss a mutually agreeable solution to sorting out that rent over the over whatever extended period or maybe forgiveness of some of the rent and that really goes for anyone who is a supplier or if it's HMRC having discussions with them you know, at an early stage and if need be finding professionals who can assist you who not just dealing with one company they'll generally professionals will have you know tens or hundreds of clients and so they've seen these problems before so it's finding people to talk to talk through what the issues are and then discussing them with people before they become serious issues
1: i think that's really good advice there mark and you know the moratorium as you say it's a it, it's it's a deferral of the rent. It's not waiving it and, and talking to the landlords, talking to suppliers who you owe money to and talking to uh, your bankers, your, your funders, and hopefully coming up with a plan uh, that allows your business to continue through what has been an exceptionally hard year for retail. I think that's some really good advice. And I suppose the, the only thing I'd add to that is Try to be realistic about what's achievable, and don't bury your head in the in the sand. In the role you've done, Mark, I'm sure you've seen many business where the owners, actually, if you looked back at what had happened to their business and before they went into administration, you could see that it was going to go there, and they've just delayed the inevitable.
0: That's right, Jeremy. And, and looking back over the years, of, um, that almost every situation you could say something could have been done earlier but i will always counter that with if you're an entrepreneur so if you're running your own business then you will always have difficult times often in the first year or two there have been times when you're not sure whether the business is going to survive and it could be 20 years later you have two three four five months of difficulty and you're confident that you can actually weather the storm and what you need to do is have a good dose of realism and say, actually, this storm isn't going to blow over. I need to have a chat with someone sooner rather than later. I've had three months where you know I haven't drawn any money out of the business or haven't been able to pay suppliers and they're going out from 45 days to 70 days. That's the time to have a chat with someone and say, I just need a sense check here. Is it worth me carrying on here? Do I need to make some significant changes? Do I need to talk to the suppliers or, as you say, the bank or anyone else who's financially involved in the business.
1: Yeah, that's really good, really good advice there, Mark. And I think there's there's another aspect to this as well, isn't there? Because sometimes when you're talking to um creditors and and explaining you've got difficulties, if you're the entrepreneur, if you're the owner of the business, they don't necessarily take you that seriously. Whereas, you know, if they're actually dealing with an insolvency practitioner like yourself, They've got to take it seriously at that point.
0: I think that's right. If you're being told that you're not going to get your money or you're not going to get all your money or it's going to take longer, then there's always a feeling that, well, is someone else getting paid instead? You know, this is the person who I supplied goods to in good faith two months ago and he hasn't paid me. If someone independent is then looking over the business and then speaks to that person, then... They, they'll they see that the independent person, whether it's an associate practitioner or another advisor, has had a look at the whole. And so they'll be saying, well, I've had a look at the business. I've seen that the business owes X pounds. This is what we need to discuss and agree. And so there's a feeling that the independence, as someone's had a review of the overall business, and it's not just, um, oh, I can only pay you 50p in the pound over the next six months. And they'll say, well, surely John down the road, he's getting more money. It's the independence that, you know, I think people want to see and will then give more credibility to the offer that's on the table.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I th- and I think one of the things that strikes me is that, you know, you refer to yourself as a recovery partner rather than an insolvency partner, which I think when I was a lad used to be what people in your profession were called. And I <laughs> I like the fact that you're called that because actually... To my mind, one of the advantages of seeing an insolvency practitioner is actually to see what can be rescued from a difficult situation.
0: That That's so right. It's the first thing that you know, someone in my position will want to do is to, to save a business, to save jobs. You know, if part of the business could be saved, it's... Maybe thinking of a business that's got problems is like someone with appendicitis. If you can actually deal with the appendix and get rid of that problem, then the whole rest of the body can just carry on and recover. And so it's trying to find a way to save and recover what you can. If liquidation or administration is inevitable, then unfortunately we can't do anything, but it's looking at the recovery first. And we're drawing towards the end of the year. And one of the things you, know, you look back on towards the end of the year, and it's, it's not necessarily going to be the companies that you liquidated, it's the ones that you saved, and it's the ones where you saved part of the business, and those people have still got jobs. And so it's the recovery side, which is very much what we focus on.
1: And I certainly think with the clients that we look after in the retail sector there are situations where you know they have a portfolio of stores some of which are performing very well some are performing indifferently and and others where quite frankly if the if the retailer could get out of the lease they would do and of course then you've also you know often got an online presence as well and it could be that there are things that could be done to save part of that business by maybe going through some form of formal insolvency to hive out the good parts of um, that business, the online and the stores that are performing well through a procedure like a CVA, for example?
0: Yes, that's right. And probably a little bit, maybe a little bit graphic, but my appendicitis situation, it, it could be that you've got a store which is not doing very well at all and potentially threatening the whole And so if you've got a group of stores there's one where it's got an onerous lease and you need to deal with that but you can't within the live company because a landlord quite understandably, he's got the rent that he wants to get paid but to save the business then a recovery procedure such as a cva possibly administration but ideally something less uh, disruptive than that can lead to effectively uh, a change in the terms of the lease or leases being uh, abandoned effectively. Uh, so then you can continue with the rest of the stores and then deal with that one problem through the process. Now how easy is it to do these sorts of procedures, Mark? Well, CVAs are all over the news. And so over the last few years, we've had, uh, I think Debenham has been through two or three, and then Arcadia went through one earlier this year. And so... They they are best suited, when we're talking with C- about CVA's to reduce rent, where you have a reasonably large number of outlets. If someone's got three outlets, a CVA isn't really going to work. We haven't got enough people to vote and, unfortunately, enough claims on the landlords. You need to be in a situation where you have a reasonably large number of uh, landlord situations where... The proposal you can put forward may be that quite a lot of the landlords are getting paid in full. Some are taking a rent cut and some are leases that you want to remove yourself from. And so to enter into a CVA isn't, you know, it is onerous, but it's not as disruptive as an administration. Uh, But you need to have some critical mass to do it. And just to hang some numbers on it, the number of CVA's each year run into Maybe a few hundred, two or three hundred, maybe even four hundred in a busy year for total CVAs, and the total number of liquidations and administrations will probably be over a hundred thousand. So though we'll see CVAs in the Sunday Times and on the uh, business pages you know, regularly, you know, there'll be twenty or thirty times as many liquidations or administrations. So it needs to be the right sort of outcome. There needs to be the right sort of circumstances, but they can be very, very efficient at allowing a business to trade on, having removed a part which can't be bridged within the current system that the company's operating under.
1: That makes a lot of sense, Mark. Right, I think we're coming to the end now of today's Crowcast. Mark, you've, you've mentioned a few points today. Can I just ask you to summarise, what do you think are the most important things that we focus on and retailers who are in difficulties focus on over the next few months?
0: Virtually all retailers have stores that are rented. And so it's seeing when we get to April next year, if they haven't been paying their rent in full, then they need to be having discussions with their landlord. And so having those discussions and being ready for those discussions sooner rather than later is the important thing and leaving it until the third week of March and then the landlord potentially being able to pursue a year's rent. I've used the landlord's situation that applies equally to anyone who's got a a large debt that you might owe, is if you get to them before they get to you to initiate discussions, they're going to look more favourably on it. And so it's taking the time over the next few weeks to think about what realistically could be achieved how the business is trading, and what I can do to make an effective offer to go through the next period once the moratorium on landlord action comes to an end on the 31st of March.
1: And if they're not sure, they should definitely be talking to a professional like yourself.
0: That's it. It's you know, both you and i we over the years have seen thousands of different businesses and dare i say you and i have both been around for a few years
1: yeah and dare i say i don't want to think how many i've seen <laughs> And that gives us the experience
0: of dealing with these situations a number of occasions and when i referred to the situation about entrepreneurs earlier it can be a lonely existence and though you'll be talking to you know friends and family, it's having someone to talk to who's used to dealing with business situations, quite possible on both sides of the table where you're acting for the retailers, but you also know or have experience of dealing with the landlords or revenue or suppliers as well. So you can put forward a credible position from the experience of dealing with it.
1: That's brilliant. Thank you, Mark. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, Thank you very much, Mark, for joining me today. um, And thank you for listening. Uh, We hope you found the information shared useful. Please do contact us if you require any further information or support from our retail or insolvency team here at Crow. And of course, do join us next time for our next Crowcast. Thank you.
0: Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we advise, and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, the eighth largest accounting network in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.